0: Hi students, now this is an introductory lecture on Dr. Faustus as I have already discussed in my previous classes that Dr. Faustus belongs to a morality play. It is from the renaissance period or renaissance to say you know pre-modern era. So now today I am going to discuss um, uh, more about Dr. Faustus, we will touch upon the background readings related to Dr. Faustus. See, critics who have studied uh, Marlowe's play, Marlowe, Christopher Marlowe, is a, you know, is the writer of Doctor Faustus, and Doctor Faustus is considered one of his best morality plays. Now, those critics who have studied Marlowe's work have, you know, for the most part, been inclined to take on the uh, picture of Faustus provided by Kate. These are the theorists, writers, Cade, Baines, Beard and others. And Dr. Faustus is the most famous of Marlowe's play, and it's hero, who sells his soul to the devil in return of 24 years of power and pleasure. And this is by far the best known of his rebellious protagonists. Marlowe based the plot of his play on the history of the damnable life and deserved death of Dr. John Foster's 1592. So, he based his story on this play. And this is an English translation of a German book now known as Foschbosch about an actual historical figure who gained you know, notoriety in early 16th century German by dabbling in the occult. And the story rapidly became the stuff of legends and like most legends, it has been subject to numerous retelling, including the two play Faust by the German writer Gotti, the novel Dr. Faustus by Thomas Mann and Peter Cooks. see if you have never read a renaissance before i mean renaissance play before and if you have you may find doctor faustus a challenging reading this is chiefly because like the other plays of shakespeare doctor faustus was written during the historical period known as the renaissance or the early modern period when the you know vocabulary was significantly different from 25th century English and this play is uh, predominantly written in blank verse and blank verse means a term that requires a few words of explanation. Now come back to the first book the uh, I mean this play has been divided into different plays there are around four four plays that you know that includes and concludes the entire uh, story of dr Faustus. so what is there in dr Faustus and why this novel became so popular they yeah. See, this belongs to uh, Renaissance period, and this is a Renaissance play. So, uh, in in the Renaissance time, I mean the early modern era, you know, ambition and I, as I already told you, medieval values were in you know tussle with each other. And even before, let's not start with Act One, Scene One, which is the first. Act. I mean, even before uh, looking at the play's opening scene, um, I would like to add a brief note on the medieval morality play, the type of drama on which Marlowe draws in adapting damnable life for the stage. After the Prologue and Faustus' long opening speech, you may have been startled by the appearance of good and evil angels. See, if you have read this, I, have, I, I told you um, in the previous class, earlier when he had class last week, I told you to just read a few pages, I mean the first act and if you have read it, you may feel little startled by the appearance of good and bad angels. Even if you had experienced or expected to find supernatural beings in play about a man who sells out his soul to the devil, the good and evil angels may have struck you as strange perhaps because they are not what we expect characters in literary texts to be like their names tell us pretty much everything we need to know about them for rather than having individualized personality they represent abstract moral values and qualities in this case goodness and evil so the first Act that begins with good and bad angel represents moral values moral qualities of goodness and evilness at this point and throughout the play they are engaged in struggling for the soul of Foster's the good angel warning him of the danger of arousing God's heavy wrath act 1 scene 1 line 74 By practicing magic I mean black magic the evil angel egging him egging on him by reminding him of the power that necromancy will bring to him now the art and the black magic of necromancy was very tempting and by this way of creating characters or characterization this is uh you know a typical um, a typical characteristic of morality plays which are fundamentally religious dramas that enact the conflict between good and evil each of which is embodied in supernatural figures like you have mephistopheles and lucifer or personified abstractions like good angels and bad angels and most importantly, the seven deadly sins. They are shown fighting for the soul of a central human character, who often represents humanity itself. Hence the title, you know. Hence the title of one of the best-known morality plays, Everyman. The aim of these morality plays were primarily didactic. That is it sought to teach its audience and to offer moral and spiritual lessons about how to live a good christian life even in dr foster's this didactic element can be seen most clearly in Marlowe's use of chorus now the chorus is a group of you know it is a group of abstract individual not individual abstract they are abstract and they will come in between frequently in between the play and this and marlowe has deliberately used the metaphor or it is a symbol of chorus because chorus here is to rep, is 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 meant to present you know um, a, a a prologue and epilogue that rather like the uh, choruses of ancient greek tragedies they express traditional attitudes and guide that audience's response to the play. You know, in Greek tragedy, the chorus was a group of people and whereas in Dr. Foster's and in Elizabethan drama, generally it is one person. Therefore morality players also sought to entertain their audience. They are full of clowning and knockabout comedy, just as in Dr. Faustus. Morality plays were prevalent in England during the late Middle Ages, but were still popular when Marlowe was writing. The fact that he turned to the morality play when he came to dramatize the damnable life raises questions about the genre of Dr. Faustus. What kind of play is it? Is it essentially a late sixteenth century morality play warning his audience of the dire consequences of practicing black magic? Or is it the you know the attitude is it um, attitude of the story that it tells more complicated than this? How does the play encourage us to respond to the central character who sell out? sells out his soul to the devil. These are the questions, these are the discussions that will erupt when we will do an extended reading of Dr. Foster's Act by Act. Now if we look at the chorus thing that I've just discussed that chorus is something which has become an individual and uh, the text uh, I mean uh, the, the, the play is full with figurative language, similes and metaphor, and these metaphors are followed by, you know, lines which has deeper meaning. So we need to go into that details. This is very important uh, while reading Doctor Foster's. Now, Doctor Faustus's first speech is very important. That, that is, you know, that is when the chorus introduces Faustus, who delivers his first speech of the play. The way the speech is staged and written serves to emphasize Faustus's position as an eminent scholar. It is set in his study and is surrounded by books from which he reads in Latin. The works he consults, written by such great thinkers of classical antiquity, As a Greek philosopher, like he's been influenced by philosophers like Aristotle, the Greek, uh, who is known as the Greek Medical Authority. uh, And he's um, also smitten by Galen. So there is no one on stage with Fosters as he delivers these lines, which means... It is a soliloquy. Now, soliloquy is a technique in which the the, um, the character or the whosoever is on stage or uh, in the book is speaking to oneself, is speaking to himself as if, uh, as if, and the you know, and the reader gets to know about it when the particular character is speaking to oneself. Okay, now soliloquy is different, and monologue is different. In monologue, the character speaks to the audience in a way that it feels like as if the character is speaking to oneself, but the audience can guess and can identify it. In the soliloquy, the character speaks to oneself, speaks to himself or herself. So this is a difference that we need to keep in mind. Now Faustus's uh, uh, motives in this speech seem to be mixed, neither all good, all bad, rather like the chorus initial portrait of him okay so this is um you know well this is enough for today just understand this place start reading it a bit i'll do it but read few pages get used to and get accustomed to this language the kind of language which was there in the old english one after shakespeare so let's happy reading okay